podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. You know it's the greatest Star Trek podcast ever in the history of podcasts. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. Oh no. And I'm telling you, from this point on, that's not going to be good enough. <laughs> Tell me about it. No, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Tell me about it, Dax. Woof. I was Star being, Trek podcast. I was paying close attention. Did you say the best Star Trek podcast the first time, or did you say best podcast? <laughs> I think I said Star Trek podcast. You may have. I mean, we might be the best podcast ever. I don't know. I guess, like, you know, we got to be somebody's favorite. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends on the person. Yeah, we're there somebody's was, favorite podcast. There were, do you, have you been looking at all the, um, the, 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 oh, I guess we would get screwed here anyway. The Spotify rap lists on Instagram. No. People like play like what songs or things they they were listening to the most that year. Uh huh. We're not on Spotify. So we can't win this face off. Okay, it's okay. Is it? Is it, Matt? I, I was going to so. say, hey, people, put up your things, but I'm like, well, there's no reason to put it up now. We're not going to be on any of them. Yeah, but still participate in the in the in the no, don't social don't whatever. participate. Don't. It's in, in defiance. There, you know. <laughs> Um. Anyway, happy post holidays, everyone. Pre-holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. Post pre holidays. Yeah, we're you in know, the mix. It was, it was the day after Thanksgiving that I uh, I was in a, uh, a Five Guys getting a I think a chocolate banana shake. It was pretty mm-hmm. good. I was shocked that they had that one uh, at the ready, and. Uh, and uh, Mariah Carey's uh, "All I Want for Christmas Is You" hits hits right immediately. Day after day Thanksgiving. After, day after sure. is the way to go, man. Let's just starts. Crank it up. That's what I mm. always say. Um, look forward Did to eventually have putting our time. Tree I'm sure. If you didn't Are have you a good put time, a yeah. Do you, do you get a live eventually. tree? No, I have I have a tree in the corner over here that is in a bag that I will take yeah. out. And, up. Maybe I'll take my tree out this year. Pre-lit, you know? Yeah, I have one of those, too. It's fantastic. You can either go all white or all all different colors. It's fantastic. Twinkly, to be honest with you, you want a twinkle? You can do a twinkle. Years. You yeah. want a steady? You can do a steady. Do you, you want a blinky? It? You can do a blinky. Uh, those, the, those other options seem very upsetting, though. Uh, you know, really, I just whatever Henry wants will be the... Yeah. Well, that'll be how we go. We let we let the child decide what the tree looks like. I bet you'll have a lot of different opinions at different times. He is a roller coaster of everything. Yeah, up to and including, you know, physical. He's just you know sometimes 
Sometimes I wish I had like an indoor track I could send him around for like an hour before bed. Like a like just a, go a train on a like he uh, needs a like a toy like train. Needs, like it's something like it's like you know six o'clock comes around and you're like oh it's very clear you haven't got enough of your energy out we need you to why don't you get him a giant hamster wheel thought about it I don't know where I'd put it I guess in the driveway they must have those <laughs> for kids I'm sure if they don't don't take our idea you could tell him you could hook it up you know what they should have they should have like a steps thing except for kids and say hey if you run this much on this if you get it to this number then you'll get this whatever treat or 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 reward <laughs> just uh i mean if you just make everything a meritocracy yeah i suppose is, is that bad for kids i don't i have I don't no know idea about having children i don't understand what's bad for kids and what's good for kids that's what makes everybody great at parenting i did Nobody enjoy knows. my cousins i don't know if he's my second cousin then he's these are his children right and i went to disneyland with them i think i may mm-hmm. have mentioned that and uh, and I hung out with them, and they're they're delightful. And, Ages uh, six and ten. All right, that's a good. That's those. That's or those are good ages because they can communicate. You know, yeah, they know what they want. They're individualized people. They're but they're still in awe of the wonders. No, they're they're women, and they're terrifying. They're so so much independent personalities. The younger one goes, uh, her, her father was sort of trying to tease her and go like, but are you dating anyone at school? And she goes, no. She goes, you don't have a boyfriend. She goes, of course I don't have a boyfriend. She goes, uh, she goes, they're, they think that they're my boyfriend, but I'm cheating on them. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And then she wanted, she kept stealing people's uh, her 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 grandmother's iPhone because she wanted to play a game on it, and I go into this other room where nobody's there, and she has constructed a fort around her yeah, of sure. pillows, and I'm like, oh, that's cute, and then she goes, don't tell anyone I took her phone. <laughs> She's just playing the game inside. A little mastermind. I thought you were gonna say that she was like doing petty crimes around Disney. <laughs> I'm sure she was. I didn't I didn't spot her because she can't have a witness. <laughs> Uh, speaking of petty crimes, let's head over to the Admiral's Club. <laughs> Wait, no, to polls. Oh, is it to poll time? It is. You're right. Poll time. If it's important to you to know the thoughts of the crew, you gotta take it to poll. If a marshmallow tiff makes you wonder what if, you gotta take it to poll. Take a tip Well, this is about season two, episode fourteen, whispers. Um, me and Matt collectively uh, rated it five point seven five Andes. Uh, I gave it a five four point five. Matt gave it a seven. IMDb gave it an eight point one. Uh, Patreon gave it higher. Gave it a seven. Forty one percent voted for seven. Uh, and that seemed I, to be generally I, the take I, on it. Wait a second. So it gave it gave it hot. They gave it. Wasn't the last episode not whispers? Wasn't it paradise? I thought this one is paradise. We didn't already do this episode. Uh, No, that's wild. The wrong one. 
Oh no, I, I, but I remember you know, Paradise. Right. I, I watched right. Paradise like two weeks ago. I don't have it wrong, do I? I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> Whispers. We... <laughs> no, Whispers is O'Brien cloned. Yeah, and Paradise is the is the woman that keeps Cisco in a box. We didn't talk uh, about this. I, I just dreamed not. the. I dreamed a podcast we recorded. It doesn't matter. I'm ready to go with that. That's fine. Right. Yes. I've 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 watched them both. Okay. This is this is this is a, this is a strange turn of events. It's not. Um, it's not. It's not that strange. Not strange. for us, no. Not on the best Star Trek podcast. Well, at least it like at least it's not like. <laughs> anyway, at was, least at least the episode we're doing isn't the next like an, an episode away from that where I hadn't seen it. Sure, that yeah. would be that would be more that'd be, that'd be disconcerting. Yes, um, I was I was saying something that I think was untrue. A Patreon voted exactly the same as Matt voted, which was nice. a seven, and Thanks, I guys. think. That my and I think everybody was really impressed with the turn. Anyway, we're going we're to hear about it uh, of of the whole story being told from the clone's perspective. And I was sort of, I was you know interested in that concept, but I didn't think they played it out correctly. Um, and then there was another to poll that I slapped up last night. <coughs> Sorry for the coughing. Um, that uh, because uh, there was a discussion. I don't. I think this was not behind the in the in the president circle. That's uh, about my descriptions of emojis that you were complaining about <laughs> yes, at some point, not, yeah, and others had these. complained about too. And so that's when we go to the polls. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. So uh, it's Andy's emoji descriptions. Would you prefer? And option one is Andy continue to describe emojis from the hail bag. Uh, <laughs> option two is Andy cease describing emojis from the hail bag. And uh, I always sort of put this in because everyone always has like, why didn't you put this? A third option I will describe below in the comments. So Andy did continue to describe the emojis from the hell bag, got 82%. Andy Great. ceased describing emojis from the hell bag, got 14%. And the third option uh, was 4%. I, I like a clear and concise winner in a poll. It is a clear and concise winner, but I will say... Mm-hmm. I was disconcerted that there were even fourteen percent that are bothered by it. I was expecting even more of a landslide, and it, now it makes me feel like oh, oh, really. I I wanna... Yeah, I feel like it was it was just the vocal grumbly minority that well, had that a problem. Vocal minority, 14% yeah, but fourteen percent is that's you know that's a that's a decent portion it's of people who are like I don't need to hear you do that anymore. It's the basis for an <laughs> uprising. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and then Dick Warlock, a couple of these people said, Dick Warlock says, uh, you only need to describe the non-emotive emojis, like the Vulcan salute. Um, and other people are, you know, uh, uh, describe the emojis, keep them. Um, let's see. Describing the, uh, oh, this is from Nacho. Describing emojis is awkward and ineffective. I love it. <laughs> um I love any descriptions, but I take one small change. Two words, interpretive dance from Adrian Bing Clark. Tom Casey says a third option. And then he has a sort of disco guy emoji, monkey sitting sideways, disco guy emoji. Um, There was one other funny thing. Uh, Third option, when they're emojis, Andy reads them, but lies about what they are. Uh, there was one that said, oh, here's what it was. Juiced Luton. 
uh, says, I would prefer Andy to mimic the emoji, I guess in the read, mm. and then have Matt guess which one it is. <laughs> Should be mm. no problem for the godfather of specific acting. <laughs> so there you go. That's the polls. I like it. I like a Again, I like a concise poll. Great job, everybody. Now we'll go to the Admirals Club. All right. Oh, wait, no. Welcome to the Admirals Club. <laughs> what? Best Star Trek podcast. What did you say? <laughs> Should they watch the episode? Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't even know what episode we're doing, so I don't know if you should watch it. Andy, would you have them watch this episode? It made me hate a character. I, can't, I don't even know how I feel about a yes or a no on that. <coughs> it was effective, like, that Enterprise episode with the religious zealot that takes over the ship. It's Same true. character. Effective your villain. Yeah. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Yeah. <laughs> what emoji was that? I don't know. I was like so, I was ramped up. Ready to talk about the next one. And then I was like, Feels like a, now I gotta think about Paradise. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Did you just recently watch Whispers? Because you watched it already. <laughs> or do you I just. I watched. Um, no, no, no. I watched Shadow Play today. Oh, I see. You were one ahead. And the uh, Paradise, the one we're going to talk about today, I watched what we were supposed to record like two weeks ago. I see. I see. Got it. Got it. Um, is the beginning of this Admirals Club uh, comment. Um, why short? Uh, this is from Adam Love 81. I would prefer that every episode would last at least as long as three or four episodes of the actual TV show. Maybe go in more depth on the horns that are used in the sounds that you play for the Would You Watch segment. At least give us the name of the horns or whatever. Anyways, still pretty good show overall. Thanks, Matt and Andy. <laughs> I mean, to me, it just sounds like a few trumpets. Maybe even a piccolo trumpet. Like, it's a pretty high pitch. Yeah. Anyway. Did you ever, did you ever do any time in band? Yep. Did some, did some trombone, trombone, and some alto. You did a trombone. That's your I your did. yawn sound, isn't it? Or is that a different horn? I think it's a woodwind. It sounds like a clarinet. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. It sounded like you were doing the beginning or, of the Tron or, theme or there. an oboe. Maybe it could be an oboe. Never having done band, I'm bad at identifying horns. Yeah, that's an oboe. Yeah. That's, that ain't no trombone. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I don't know what that would be in Peter I mean, and the it's Wolf. A, it's a synth of an oboe. It's not right. an actual oboe. I, I never thought until you just did it how much that also sounds like the beginning of the Tron theme. It's just sort of a sad version of the Tron theme. <laughs> Story of my life. Um, Gent123 says, Matt, buddy, you need a device with a sleep timer. Having consumed most of this podcast, I'm finally reviewing, but only because I'm really concerned that Matt believes he needs seven episodes in a row to fall asleep to, and that is just so concerning. Are you okay? I know you have a young child, but what kind of sleep are you getting if it takes you? Matt is Terrible sleep. Do you not everyone remember last episode where I fell asleep during the recording? Twice? I think he wrote this. He wrote this on 924. So oh, he wrote it before. Yeah, yes. he wrote it before. So he's yeah, really got been, stuff in his future. My sleep has been 
fucking awful. Yeah. Awful. I hope you're okay. Love the show. So it hasn't improved. Uh, you know, it was starting to improve, and then we went to Boston. Yeah. And then when we when we shifted the time zones, and I had to sleep uncomfortably on a on a on a variety of surfaces. Like I was like one day I was in the hotel, and I was like, my, first of all, my son and my wife kicked me out of the bed uh-huh. because I snore too loud. So I was I was kicked out of the bed. Luckily. It was a, a one-bedroom suite at the residence inn, uh-huh. so I could close that door, but then I slept. I tried to sleep on the couch. Wasn't comfortable. Pulled the bed out for the couch. Uh-huh. Even more uncomfortable somehow. I'm sure. Well, then those I are terrible the, beds. Then I, put the, then I pulled the mattress off the bed, uh, off the couch, fold yeah. out, folded the couch back in, put the mattress on the floor. Oh, this is Somehow, that was the worst of all of them. Everything you're describing seems like it would be worse than the previous thing. <laughs> well, it just as I escalate, like, obviously, I'm not going to start. I'm going to start with the best, most comfortable thing, right? <laughs> sure, of course. Here's my, and then I'm going to go to the second. You know, it's gonna, that's how, that's right. the order in which you should try these things. <laughs> then I knocked on the door of the person next door and I asked if I could sleep with them. <laughs> when I finally, <clears throat> I think the I think the most the best night of sleep I had. Yeah. Was the last night where we had to go to the airport at four thirty? So I mean, I got like four hours of sleep. I, th- I was hoping that when you went away, that you were having you were sleeping so poorly that somehow it would reset it everything. Really, I was really like gung. I was oh man, this is gonna be great. I was gung ho for it, you know. What a drag! I was I was Michael Keaton in gung ho. <laughs> One of the greats, one of the best ones, <laughs> best Keatons. Sure. How do you feel about there? I think he's doing another uh, Beetlejuice with Tim Burton. He's there. They started shooting it before the strike, and I assume they're yeah. they've resumed. I think. How that, do I feel about that? I don't know. I never cared about Beetlejuice. I never cared either, except for the parts they added with Michael Keaton, which are obviously the the greatest things ever. You know, just as Beetlejuice stuff. What do you I mean? Think was, when they originally shot that, he wasn't in there, I don't think. Hang on. You're saying when they made Beetlejuice the movie. Yes. Michael Keaton wasn't in it? That's my understanding. What and that's the why, fuck was that's the rest why of the it movie? seems so weird. Um, that can't be. Uh, that's my understanding. Yeah. Oh, maybe he wasn't. The choice for no, is Michael Keaton. I'm imagining just a series of reshoots where they've added the character, the titular character. <laughs> uh, you know, Titanic didn't have oh, the Titanic I guess, in it. I guess he maybe was in it, but he was in it <coughs> a fraction of what he was. And uh, then they were like, "Oh, this is the hit," and then they shot a bunch of more stuff. Okay, that makes yeah. Sense. He only had 15 minutes of screen time in the original Beetlejuice. Oh wow. Um. So I guess what I'm saying is, even watching it, it's like there's not enough fucking Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice in that movie. And if you if you did if you're starting from scratch, I think Winona Ryder's in it too, and yeah. you're just doing all Beetlejuice. You got great movie there. Weirdly, Jeffrey Jones did not make a return. Oh, he must have been busy. (Laughter) <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, man, I forgot to ask you. How did they get uh-huh. into the Admirals Club? Oh, it's pretty simple. Just leave a five-star review anywhere on the planet Earth and beyond, and you're yeah. in. Uh, and the last one 
is from uh, Drew Irefaihu. I don't know if there's a pun there, if that's your actual name. Um, oh, I meant to say that this is a side. This is a, it's a separate thing. Go ahead. But it has to do with these five star review situations. Yes. Everybody, my wife Dory. My wife Dory my wife. started a new podcast called Too Much Money. That's the name of the podcast. Yeah. It's about, you know, what people with too much money do with their money. First episode's yeah. about Nicolas Cage's pension for buying dinosaur bones. Yeah. Uh but I would say go over there, give it five stars, because she put out a trailer and some people without even listening to the episode like gave it like one star. So it like tanked the rating. What? Yeah, so what I'm saying is... Oh, what a bunch of dicks. Exactly. Like, people are like, oh, is now really the time to be doing this podcast? And you're like, I'm like, yes, it is, because it's about people with too much money spending it on stupid shit. This makes me love you guys so much. <laughs> like, you are so supportive and wonderful. What a bunch of other a-holes there are out in the podcast listening yeah. universe. So, hey, guys, hey, just do me a favor and help out Dodo's uh, show. What is she? What is she? What's the deal on it? What does she do on it? What do you mean? What's the she concept goes. of it? I just, no. I just. Are you not listening? I, I listen. <laughs> but too it's much like, money, spending too much money. They're spending their like money on billion, weird shit. billionaires and whatnot. Like billionaires and millionaires and people, you know, like you know, yeah. the, Nicolas Cage is the first episode. Right, right. Ooh, you know, this, this he, sounds great. I'm going to check this out. You know, he buys uh, dinosaur bones for millions of dollars, and then turns out they're stolen. Has to return them. Etc. Uh, it's quite a story. Mm-hmm. Have a listen. It's called Too Much Money. Just, just give it a good, go give it five please. stars. Give it a give it a five star review. If you want to give it a five star review over there, but also redirect people to this podcast in the review, I'm okay with that too. Uh, great. Yeah, sure. Just leave a five star review. Say Star Trek: The Conversation is the best. So this is. <laughs> Just we'll pull in all just, pull in all of her podcast listeners. We already have that. I just don't want to. Yeah, I just feel bad. Like when you get tanked like that without even having an episode out, it's like what the fuck. What did I see? Anyway, all right, back to the regularly scheduled programming. I saw somebody's somebody in one of the raps had uh, Forever Thirty Five and Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure in their in amongst their top five. And I well, can't those, remember that's who it was. a quality person right there. Yeah. Um, anyway, on the on the topic of of five stars and how you can write anything, Drew E five who says uh, he gives us five stars and he says simply one star. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Admirals Club and thank you. <laughs> so you can say anything you want. <laughs> uh, that's it for the Admirals Club. All right, let's close that up. And that was the Admiral's Club. Head to the present circle. The United Federation of Planets President Circle. Ah, yes. It's the President's Circle, everybody. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Support the show. Uh, help us out. I'm still jobless. The end. Please support the show. If you want extra podcasts, they're in there. Uh, we're doing Voyager, Enterprise. Uh, what else is happening over there? 
Well, well this uh, month at some point. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna force Andy, I guess, if he's participating, to watch Muppet Christmas Carol. If he's not right. participating, I'm gonna be watching it, and we're all gonna be suffering through me talking about it. Uh, yeah, and I believe we're going to be doing. Um, I can I can clarify this, but I believe that people wrote in, and it's sort of going to be basically we're going to start it, and then comment, uh, sort of sort of director's commentary. So we're going to watch it first uh, separately, and then. We're gonna, and then record us by director's right. commentary. Yeah, as we're watching it. Oh, yeah. great. Done. I love that episode idea. That's great. Uh, Head over to patreon.com for us to start your DNC. <laughs> so Get you a guys piece can of that. Cue it up and watch it with, uh, with us. <laughs> grab, um, a, grab a hot cocoa and get a blanket. Here we go. I'm kind of excited about that. Um, all right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, first, we're going to give out a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Uh, I assign it to one of the one of the one of the. It's top, just given. It's given at Andy's whim. Yeah, one of the tip top comments um, in the Patreon, um, and I have two this this time. It's Jeffrey's hologram, but with seventeen arms, so I can do even more. Um, and Jeffrey's hologram says, "You asked why they kept the clone O'Brien awake." My theory is the upper pylon was actually broken and they just needed him to <laughs> take advantage of that poor clone before they before they put him down. Uh, and then Neil Studd, a.k.a. Norris's Pieces, had a very popular comment regarding Whispers, which is uh, a quote from Keiko. But Miles never normally wants to have sex in the afternoon. <laughs> very popular. That's it for the Christopher Pike Medals of Valor. She Enjoy them. Security. She watches security footage. He's clearly having sex in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <coughs> of course. Of course I like to have sex in the afternoon. You know that. Uh, thank you very much, President Circle. Good to see you guys. Now, Priority One messages uh, proper can commence. Here we go. Captain, incoming message. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Sean Jordan says, great episode. Is this the first of the O'Brien goes through absolute hell subgenre? Well, we already saw him get a disease. So there's at least that. I don't know if there was one before that. Yeah, that was uh, that was like two episodes before. Yeah. But I think this is like considered the first one. Okay, I know I've I've heard tell of this this matter. Yeah, once a season, we're gonna they're gonna they're gonna rake O'Brien over the coals. Do they kind of do that with Chekhov? Do we already have this conversation? I feel like what they did with Chekhov a little bit. I don't know what they did with Chekhov really because Chekhov when did he come along? So season two, middle yeah. of season two. You're saying they didn't have enough time to yeah. torture him to establish a pattern. Yeah. Lieutenant Commander Molay, Historical Archives Division, says, Just me? Or does anyone else feel that Matt was dead wrong in his assessment of Bashir during the physical scene? I don't think he forgot any of that information about O'Brien's past. He was testing, trying to see if there was an indication of the imposter not knowing a more obscure fact that only the real O'Brien would know. Bashir says at the end that everything checked out exactly the same between the replicant and O'Brien. They couldn't be sure which they were dealing with. I think it's the same reason Keiko served the stew. She wanted to see O'Brien's reaction and whether he would spot it as something unusual or not. If the reaction seemed identical to what O'Brien would do 
or no in such a situation, then it leaves it unclear for the crew and they have to keep testing. They're hoping for a mistake at some point uh, that makes it unambiguous that they have the imposter in front of them. So I guess he, uh, you're trying to remember I what think your you're, opinion I think was. You're, I think this, no, I think this, what you're saying is sounds right about Bashir. That he was testing but, him. Yes, but out of a purely Bashirian scientific curiosity. That, like, how good is this clone? I'm going to check it out. Like, but that's, he that's the Bashir. He doesn't know that it's a clone, though, isn't he? Doesn't he? I don't think at that point anybody, no, that's why they're all doing these weird things to him. Here's here's another. No, they know thing. he's a clone. Here's another take from John Zoo that might. They know he's a clone. They just don't know where the real O'Brien is. Uh, this is why, to me, the episode is frustrating because what they explained at the very end is kind of like, well, we knew he was a clone. It's, it was sort of had a rumor, but we hadn't confirmed he was a clone. And then at a certain point, we knew he was a clone, but we didn't know what we would do, so we didn't want to set him off. And we also had to find the real O'Brien, and all that's happening behind the scenes. And so it's like all you're watching is O'Brien, fake O'Brien being like, well, some, something weird is going on, and then not really dealing with it because he doesn't realize it until the very end. And that's my frustration with this episode. Anyway, John Zhu says, agreed, the explanation in the last scene implies that for most of the episode, the DS9 crew wasn't sure whether they were dealing with a clone. Cisco said there had been... Here it is. A rumor that O'Brien had been abducted and replaced with a clone. The intel was coming from the rebels who said that they had been looking for, i.e. had not yet found, the real O'Brien. Given those circumstances, it seems logical the crew would be uncertain about the intel. But to be on the safe side, they proceeded as though it was legit, all the while testing the clone to see if there are any slip-ups that would verify he was indeed not O'Brien. Also, I think... Kira broke up O'Brien's conversation with Jake for Jake's safety since they weren't sure what the clone was programmed to do or what would set him off. It's also why Keiko sent Molly to their friend's quarters for the night. Yeah, I think that's true. But frankly, it that would have been a reasonable thing to be concerned about if you thought he was a clone in the first place. Why was Molly ever allowed to interact with O'Brien? It's also like, if you think he's a clone, put him in the fucking brig. Well, I guess they were afraid he would explode or something. What? I that was what they were afraid of? Uh, maybe. Or <laughs> kill somebody? I guess I guess if they were if they were just afraid that he was going to like just put him in the brig. A superpowered human do something then just sick Odo on him. Yeah. So that Odo cannot use his superpowers again. Although Odo was away, you know. For Odo was away, that's third, right. First maybe that's third the, of the episode. Maybe that's the reason he's away. Well, I, I guess that just proves that Odo is necessary on that station. Otherwise, people will do very stupid things. In terms of the way they handled figuring out the clone? Your husband could be a clone. Why don't you cook him a nice dinner? Yeah, that's weird. And we'll leave you, unsa- we'll leave you without any supervision in your quarters. And I think this is why they left it vague because of exactly the conversation we're having now. And so it's like, well, it was rumored, but we didn't really see a danger. It's like, well, if you see a little danger, why are you sending Keiko in there to deal with it? Yeah, just fucking take the precaution. But I guess that, the reason they're not doing that is that they didn't know. This is why it's also complicated. They didn't know where the real, if that's the fake O'Brien, which they weren't sure of, then they don't know where the real O'Brien is and they don't want to tip him off to tip off the people that have the real O'Brien. It's... 
Not it's good. a great concept that to me is not well executed. Seek helps says it's odd airing order with the previous episode. Maybe Keiko was onto something more with all the late night coffee drinking. <laughs> uh, it's a good point. <coughs> He's been a clone for much longer than that. Would be, that I would love. Actually, I don't know if I would love it because as somebody else said, and I don't remember who, maybe it's a later hail. It's frustrating when it's like, we're following this character, and then at the end, it's like, nah, that was a fake character. It was an alternate dimension version, so anything they've learned is gone now. Yeah. Tristan Luth Robbins, our statistician, says, I personally love this episode. I'm a sucker for suffering O'Brien's weary groan, even when Bashir's squeezing his scrotum. Also, I might have mentioned this when I joined the Patreon, but I'm also from Australia's big country town of Adelaide. I can confirm that we definitely have a unique provincial dialect, which is a little more posh than our eastern counterparts, and certainly a world away from Damien Brisbane's accent. Brisbane. <laughs> A uh, common uh, distinction. The reason I'm not reading this as an Australian accent is that now I'm not sure how to do this. I mean, I have the regular Australian accent down pat. We all agree on that. Define regular. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's this thing. It depends where you're from. Right. A common distinction is the way we pronounced ah in the case of words like chance, ch- uh, chance, pasta, and dance. Whereas someone from Melbourne might say darnce with an emphasis on the R. <laughs> Uh, we Adelaideans would say dance. It's D with an on and then nts at the end, really leaning into the ah. Why is this, you might ask? One theory is the state's first European inhabitants, who were free settlers, not convicts, may have caused more proper or British pronunciation to stick around. The Perth accent is also a bit similar to ours. Sing um, David Bowie's Dance Magic Dance. Like, do an impression of David Bowie, and I think you would be pronouncing it exactly like he's saying. Let's dance. <laughs> no, I was talking about I'm for the labyrinth. Oh, labyrinth. Dance, um, magic, dance. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. That one, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, anyway. Um, Lieutenant Cam, Pike Metal alumni, says, I think I figured out the timeline. Uh, a little while before, <laughs> he very cleverly calls him Faux Brian, <laughs> F-A-U-X, <laughs> Uh, gets to the station. The rebel informant told the rebels about the replicant plot, uh, but it was a rumor, which Cisco says at the coda. The rebels told Cisco, told Kira, Bashir, and Keiko, but not Jake and not Odo because Odo wasn't there. When Fobrian arrives, they think he might be a fake, but they don't know, so they test him, scan him, ask questions designed to trip him up, and Keiko is squicked out by the very. But he literally passes every test. Right. So there's but there's no let up no and so see this is his his defense lieutenant cam's defense is that she's squicked out even just by the possibility the vibe is off with him she really believes he is a fake maybe she reported that to cisco although her record in spotting something wrong with her husband isn't strong it certainly isn't odo talks to fobrian before Cisco can explain things, so when Fobrian talks to Odo, Odo thinks it's the real one. Not too long after, they confirm the plot is real. They know this one's a fake. That's when they start trying to capture him, presumably thinking they can use him or maybe just not wanting to hurt him because he's innocent. While they're chasing Fobrian to the Paradins, uh, Paradins, they learn the real one has been rescued. What they don't explain is why they couldn't just lock up the fake until they know for sure. I'm guessing it was because they're stupid. Sure. 
Um, yeah, they do talk to him like they care about him at a certain point. Just like, all you got to do is give yourself in um, when he's freaking out. So maybe they just were concerned for the poor clone, which I thought would have been also more of an interesting story. If they kept Dan, the clone around? What's that? If they kept the clone around on the station? I mean, I would love that. <laughs> uh, it's a weird story swing um, where Colomini has to suddenly play two different parts. Uh, Dan Ryan says uh, about this episode, uh, they forgot to tell Odo and Morn. Mm-hmm. Eric Peebles says DS9 goes from a brutalist Cardassian ore processing plant to the suburbs whenever there's O'Brien family drama. Molly has daycare and can spend the night at the Fredricksons if they need to unload her. FYI, the Fredericks, Fred, <laughs> FYI, the quote Fredricksons is the transporter buffer. <laughs> <laughs> a great, a great scene. Just like, I'm getting her away from you. Okay, Molly, stand on the transporter. <laughs> Uh, ooh, do do parents do that in the f- in the future? You think instead of hiring a, a babysitter, <laughs> just put them in the transporter buffer for a few hours while you get Why dinner. Not? I don't know. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Tess says you are rating the crew by proficiency of their lying. But is a bad liar actually a better person? Although perhaps unlikely to be engaged as a spy or book a lot of acting gigs. I doubt there will still be letter grades in the future. Current modern education is replace, replacing letter grades with performance standards. No, that's, working out, the, that's working out great for everybody. <laughs> is it causing a problem? I mean, society's a fucking mess. Well, I don't know. You can assign all of that to the non-letter you have grades. Half, you have half of the youth on TikTok going, hey, Osama bin Laden was pretty cool. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is wrong with everyone? <laughs> I don't know if this is all the grading issue. Um, it matches the way assessment is evolving with a greater focus on understanding and critical thinking skills. They don't Bateco have any of those. Probably gives everyone A's, except the PACLED students. I mean, you would especially have to give the PACLED students A's, wouldn't you, by your by the standard uh, tests? Uh, I felt O'Brien was... PACLEDs look for grades. Grades to make them go, you know? Yeah. By go, uh, they mean have a good uh, resume. Um, I felt like O'Brien wasn't grumpy enough making his logs. The guy gets cranky over everything. Why is he in such a pleasant mood while making his log entries? Because he was a clone, that's why. Matt was contrary. Andy was jovial. And they argued over something they were in sort of an agreement about. Yeah. I think we can assume they aren't replicants. <laughs> or if they are, they're really good ones. Happy upcoming th- American Thanksgiving to those who celebrate. Turkey emoji. I'm not sure when it actually is, but I think it's soon. Eyeball emoji, heart emoji, clock emoji, sheep emoji, book emoji, emojis, and then Vulcan salute, kangaroo, Australian flag. Vulcan salute, kangaroo. <laughs> Live long and prosper. Damien <laughs> from Brizzy. Uh, happy uh, winky happy face emoji Susia A Susie A President Circle Buffet frequenter says <laughs> in regards to the Keiko and O'Brien relationship and possibly revealing a little too much about myself I'm curious what your take is on this Matt 
Does no one else enjoy bickering over nothing with their spouse? Making mountains out of molehills is one of the funniest ways to start a little something, something. Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> this would have been my take, but I'm no longer no. with my wife. So I just like it. Just I just laugh. I don't want to start anything. Yeah, I'm just like whatever's like. I'm the path of least resistance here. That's what I try to do. Right. So if there's a fight, you just back down. I try. Not my experience. Well, I'm not you and I. Uh, this, 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 this. I'm, I'm you your second. We don't have to stay together <laughs> all the know, time, other than in zooms and like you <laughs> right. know, social situations. Matt and I were discussing <laughs> before the before the show started the difference between um, out in the world, Matt, and how he is with uh, <laughs> with either me or Dory. <laughs> It's a very this it, out in the world Matt is ever, talk show host me? Matt. That's fucking great. That's talk show host Matt. There is yeah. no more charming person on the planet. But that's not my <laughs> not if my. I can let my guard down. <laughs> so miserable bastard. You'll all know. <laughs> now you all know. You hear. You you have a parasocial relationship. You all know me. <laughs> David S. The Homework Stealing Vulcan says, pausing excellence pods. This is what I was going to stop you before, but I didn't want to ruin your ruin your, your momentum. Pausing excellence pod to drop a reminder for Matt. Andy, if you could remind Matt to plug his wife's new pod, Too Much I Money. I did already. I oh my know. God. That's incredible. You did it, Matt. Thanks. Let's get the Myers another revenue stream. Subscribe if you like it. That's great. Yeah, and give it a five-star review, please. Give it a five-star review. Lando says it's a shame that Replicant O'Brien doesn't survive. I'd like to have seen a spin-off show of Thomas Riker and Miles O'Brien <laughs> opening a hotel on Risa together with B4 as the concierge Ooh. waiter. This is this is a slam dunk, my friend. Sells itself. Faulty Towers esque. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking Three's Company, but I, yeah, I guess no, Faulty exactly Faulty Towers esque. Uh, and O'Brien is uh, John Cleese. Uh, pissed off about everything, uh, before, and Keiko before, makes it before good. Before is the waiter. Yeah, sure. Uh, Manuel. Manuel. Yeah. Uh, Brian Hellman says. So is this a different spin on Next Generation's Inheritance, which was Data's fake mom? No. The, no. Well, she didn't know. So I guess he's saying that she didn't know she was a. Yeah, but synth. no one, no one else did until she jumped off a seventy-foot right. ledge and popped off her robot arm. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, did she do that to kill herself? Why did she do that? I don't remember. They had to. They had to jump. Uh, they had to jump. I yeah, see. that was the only way to do it. And she's like, "I won't survive." And Data's like, "Yes, you will." Right? Because Data has had his suspicions that she was a robot anyway. Right. And Sung just did a slightly But if Data's job. suspicions were incorrect, he would have just killed his mother. <laughs> it would have been an awkward finish. <laughs> Whoops. I guess I was wrong, Captain. Well, Data, it's just a good lesson in being human. <laughs> <laughs> 
David S., the homework-stealing Vulcan, says, whoever made Replicant O'Brien did a really great job nailing his personality, but should have picked a better subject or someone less analytical and suspicious of things out of place. If this episode were shot from O'Brien's point of view in all the O'Brien scenes, like Peep Show, then at the end it's revealed that he looks nothing like O'Brien. It would have been better. <laughs> like completely normal O'Brien behavior, but just a space ago. That'd be hilarious and explain why people knew something was up right away. It's just Morn in O'Brien's uniform. <laughs> What's wrong with everybody? <laughs> why won't you kiss me, Keiko? <laughs> Kieran O'Sullivan says... I was into this episode until the twist where it turned out that they were just tricking the audience. It made me dislike the entire thing. Mm. I wish O'Brien had worked out that he was a replicant, got the slip on the other runabout so he could reach the rebel base and save the real O'Brien. That would have been good, Kieran. Uh, instead, he never solves it. We just get fooled for 40 minutes and then get two minutes of exposition dump explaining the actual plot. It might have been more interesting on rewatch, but back in 94, did the general audience really have that option? I mean, eventually they didn't repeat, I guess. Yeah. And VHS with two episodes VHS. on it per sure. VHS. You can afford them. Um, I don't know why I'm complaining about the prices of VHS. <laughs> uh, yeah, I this is these are my issues. Um, but that's a great that's a great idea that he's trying to he realizes he's a clone, tries to save him and then gets killed at the end of Hero. It's kinda of, I guess it's kinda of similar to the to the Enterprise episode we saw. Um <laughs> Which also, weirdly all Star recent. Trek is Star Trek. All Star Trek is all Star Trek. Yeah, all Star Trek is Star Trek. David S. also says, pausing the Office Ladies pod to say, Andy, you got a shout out on the Office Ladies pod. Jenna mispronounced my last name. She said Segunda, Segunda, Segunda. and not Segunda. Well, you know what, Jenna? I mispronounce it often myself. And uh, listed your credits, including a shout out to Star Trek The Next Conversation. How great That's is that? Baby. And uh, That shit goes on IMDb now, right? I see. I find the podcasts are listed on there sometimes. What do you mean? On IMDb. The podcast. I've seen, I've seen podcasts gets, gets listed as credits on IMDb. So if I our, IMDb, our podcast, you're saying? All, almost a lot of podcasts oh, interesting. are now listed on IMDb. Oh, wow. Um, David S. also said, I do kind of hope it was my Instagram DM message to them suggesting that Andy get on the show to talk about his part, <laughs> or at least at least got him on the pod and a shout out, but I don't know. I bet you it was, David. Um, although, Segunda, I know Angela from Not sort of enough the, for her to correct Jenna on your name. The comedy, I didn't, I don't think she remembers that she knows me. Um, so Does that mean I was waiting for like, oh boy, they're really going to talk about me a while. And then they just sort of talked about oh, my, you went my being on the show. Of course I did. They told me That's I was, so I was name checked. I've never you, done like people will na- like say that I was mentioned on a, on a podcast and I have, I will never go find it. Oh, I can't get enough. Please tell me whenever I'm name checked. <laughs> they had a long run about me on how did this get made in the, the name of it. It was, it was a crazy sci-fi film where there was a character named like Secundus or something and so they kept talking about it and then making fun of the fact that they were saying a deep cut that no one would know. <laughs> Andy Secunda, improviser. <laughs> um, except you guys, my best friends. 
<laughs> New Nurse <Good> Chapel. <laughs> What's that? Good night. Good night. <laughs> finally slip off into the ether. <laughs> New Nurse Chapel Hate Club, party one, says, I haven't rewatched this episode in years because the ending is just so sad. Watching it this time, I was thinking that the story was a good idea as he rebuilt DS9. And like when Data took over the Enterprise, is plausible as someone that is able to evade the main cast via technology. I would have liked Odo to have shifted into something inanimate to watch him more closely. And I would like to say that I think Julian was asking the sex life questions for his own general curiosity because they would have no bearing on the physical. Just wanted to know how many times a week whilst he had the chance. I think this is all true. And I agree that it's totally sad for that that poor clone. At I least I think in, that that You know what? I think yeah, go ahead. I just like, you know, these clone stories. It's always sad for the clone. I think they maybe they were in the area of clones, but I think when they realized that this DS9 episode had already been done, when they remembered that, I think they were like, "Oh, why don't we just do the story from the clone's perspective because it's it's basically that it's this episode except he knows he's a clone most i wish they had done it from the from the guy (laughs) remember the episode of tng uh when jordy gets taken by the romulans and 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 manchurian candidated vaguely to assassinate like the klingon or something well whoever yes remember Yes, and there's like a we we see the how like how do they cover for the fact that Jordy wasn't at the conference, and then they they just there's this other guy that doesn't really look like Lamar Burton, <laughs> right? That is in the uniform with the visor. Like I want to follow that guy for the week. 100%. I want to see how that guy did at the fucking. It'd well, be so what... funny if that was like if he was like a ladies' man and was like just like the opposite of Jordy. He I'd won watch over. That. He went over, uh, who's the engineer Leah lady? <laughs> Leah Brahms. <laughs> uh, that's great. I would love to see that, too. I mean, that's kind of basically what this episode is, except there's no nothing, no fun stuff that he does. He's, he's just doing chores and it's having like, people act weird like around him. It's like in the 24th century, there are just vague descriptions of people. No one knows what anybody looks like. Yeah, certainly not on Cardassia. There's no pictures. That's so dumb. Just um, little just newspaper captions. Yeah, just <laughs> captions. Uh, Lieutenant Ben Plavin says uh, they're all terrible liars because all Starfleet officers' first duty is to the truth. Yeah. Oliver Bundy says I recommend people. By the way, there's a. They finally got to the um, the Mind's Eye was that episode that I was just talking about. Thank you. Finally got to the clip on our Instagram of the uh, our, our discussion of the first duty being the truth. But I don't think that Mullins included enough of my counter-arguments. It just had you saying what the first duty of the truth is. And uh, it didn't have any of me going like, but why? It doesn't make sense. Unless I said that in later episodes. Um, Oliver Bundy says, I recommend people listen to Rosalind Chow's interview on the podcast, All the Asians on Star Trek. She reveals she was offered a regular... I'm sorry. That's a podcast? That's fantastic. Yeah. 
All the Asians on Star Trek? That's yeah. fucking great. Yeah. Who hosts it? I don't know. Oh, my God. Look it up. She reveals... I hope it's, I hope it's George Takai. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Takai. Uh, George Takai has better things to do. She reveals she was offered a, a series regular role on DS9, but turned it down because she didn't want to make the commitment. She also discusses turning down the role of Tasha Yar on TNG. Mm-hmm. Can that be true? That's crazy. Can be. I mean, Rosalind, what were you doing? What else were you doing? I mean, especially if you turn down Tasha Yar, and then you get to DS9, you're like, all right. Because usually, like, actors will make yeah, a choice like, like oh, that. Oh, all right, this thing will go. Yeah, I'll yeah. do it. Um, but not even just that, but they're like, eh, I'm going to be a big movie star. I'm not going to whatever. And then it's like, that doesn't pan out. And then they, it's like, all right, well, I need some freaking money. But to turn it down, you're going to be in all these episodes anyway. You could have made a fortune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess she did okay. Jeffy says Bashir, his hand on Nutsack. Alfredo says, uh, episodes like this one drive me crazy. It is immensely frustrating to watch, quote, O'Brien go through this harrowing experience only to discover at the end of the episode that none of it matters to the actual character. Sorry, Alfredo. What the hell was that? And that's here's your theme, Alfredo. There's, your theme is a Chevy truck commercial that just loaded on memory alpha. You're a little out of sync now, Matt. I don't know what happened. What um, happened? Hello? Oh, no, you're, no, you My back? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Um, Alfredo, I'm sorry. I I pre-summarized <laughs> your hail before reading it earlier. Uh, and lastly, in the Priority One messages, Richie says, O'Brien properly suspected something was up with Keiko, wondering, why is she being so nice to me all of a sudden? So true. That's it for the Priority One messages. Let's step out into the corridor, Matthew. Mm, let's go. Oh no! Open up the regular be... hail bag. Whoa! Here we go. Captain, Captain, we are being hailed. What do all these normies have to say? Well, we got a tweet from. I'm calling it a tweet. A disease, do you even have another thing to say besides tweet? I know it's X now. I got X'd. That's ugly. Uh, Jared Kiger says the MVC was the runabout's backup life support system for providing an unusually large amount of power to the shields. Was that this episode or the previous episode? I don't remember. I remember that moment uh, where where they. I think it, I think it must have been this episode where he transferred the life support power to the shields and I was just like that the life support system has that much power well it's got a lot to do you know yeah um and then James Margaris says first time Hailer here I started the, on the podcast late and have finally caught up after a few years I like whispers quite a bit the premise and conclusion are memorable and DS9 season 2 is pretty bad overall so it stands out since you both bought, thought the premise was a highlight, I'm writing to point out how much it borrows from various Philip K. Dick works. His work is frequently about odd permutations on identity. 
in particular, and I think we might have named check this, that replicants is the term used in Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, basis for Blade Runner. Whispers is very, very similar to the short story Imposter, which has which was turned into a movie with Gary Sinise and Tony Shalhoub. Is that any good? I would like to see that. Um, characters being confused about the nature of their own identity also appear in works like you can We Can Remember It For You Wholesale, which was Total Recall, A Scanner Darkly, Ubik, and The Game Players of Titan. I've read Ubik. I remember that. The Game Players of Titan I've also read, but I don't remember that being about identity, but it's been a very long time since I've read it. One other point about whispers, I would have loved to have seen where O'Brien surreptitiously checked out the back of someone's neck. After all, he did go through a similar scenario in TNG's conspiracy. That's mm. a good point. Keep up the good work. Acting Ensign Margaris out. Um, and then, Matt, if you would play Brent. Like a quick promotion to Lieutenant Acting Ensign. Just head over to the Patreon. Start your That'll lure him in. Uh, play Brent Williams's hail voice hail. Hello, Brent Williams II from Bern, Switzerland again. Whispers is a great episode. Everyone is testing the replicant. Everyone's thinking, oh, he's not going to know that the parents were dead. How could he know that? Oh, he's not going to know that O'Brien's favorite meal is this. It's all a test. The, the replicant is perfect. I, I, I got nothing. Bye. Well, I mean, here's my question to you, Brent and Andrew and audience. <laughs> Once the replicant slips up, then what? Do they drop a net on him from the ceiling? Maybe. And like an alarm goes off and we go, gotcha? <laughs> like, what the fuck is the end game there? Uh, hey, I gotta you know like so he she she goes over to O'Brien she goes over yeah. to Cisco later and is like hey he, uh, he he didn't know that that stew wasn't his favorite meal yeah and then oh and Cisco will go that's still not enough you know what I mean it's like uh, is your question what why don't is they their just, plan what why don't plan? they grab him in the first place why don't they just put him in the brig and well, if it's re- and if it's O'Brien O'Brien all you gotta do is be like hey chief you get it. Apologies. I mean, this is this is another thing that bothers me about the episode is that none of their reactions are consistent. Keiko's full on freaking out when she's dealing with him. Cisco, kind of when he leaves, almost has a like he cuts it kind of cradles his his hands together and is kind of like, hmm, well, this is all going according to plan or interesting or has some kind of vibe like that. <laughs> it's just like, well, what do you all think about this? Is this guy a danger? Is he not a danger? Are you, if you fear he's a danger, you should all, your energy should be very different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Who's um, the bad guy here? That's what Cisco's saying. That does, <laughs> does seem like what he's saying. <laughs> it's kind of uh it's kind of got a Mr. Burns uh, energy in that scene. Um, e, let's see. Hmm. To polls. Oh, this is from Jason Stahill, Stanhill, who says, Hey guys, why are the Tapoles getting the prime spot right at the top of the show? Wouldn't they make more sense in the president's circle since the voters are patrons? Jason from Littleton, Colorado. I can't, Jason. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, DS9's runabout situation 
from Alec Cherkasky says, not episode specific, but do you think anyone's bitching at Cisco for constantly destroying runabouts? Does this come up in one-on-ones with his boss? Is there disciplinary action afoot? Like, Ben, this is a verbal warning. If you lose another dozen of these things, it's going to be a, a written warning. Or is that why the station keeps getting duct taped back together by O'Brien instead of getting upgraded by Starfleet? Well, we would have sent you that upgraded shield module, but we had to get you a seventh replacement runabout instead. Thanks, guys. Also, it should be like, hey, Starfleet, get your shit together. These runabouts aren't durable. So you think the problem is the runabouts? I think the problem is the runabouts, not not Cisco's commands. <laughs> Uh, Zach Fortney says, Greetings, gentlemen. Man asked for a clean copy of the Schmaltz run. I don't remember. I did this. That Andy gifted us with in the Proving Grounds episode of Enterprise. I can now guess by context whether he preferred the full run or a single phrase, so I included all of it. Uh, on a side note, I was surprised to find these files inexplicably exported to my, quote, Hebrew stuff file, the existence <laughs> of which is not as alarming as it may initially seem. Cheers. This is Lieutenant Zach in Arizona, President Circle Entrant, Christopher Pike Medal of Valor Awardee, Co-President, Co-Vice President of Love Incorporated. <laughs> uh, citations available upon request. So, right. you here's, play, the, here's the schmaltz run. Schmaltz, I say. Schmaltz to all of you. That guy's just a load of schmaltz. That one's <laughs> from those catchphrases. <laughs> Why, that story's a bunch of schmaltz. <laughs> that guy's just a load of schmaltz. <laughs> Why do you sound so compressed? I don't know. Maybe you did something to it. Hmm. I kind of like it. Sounds like I'm on the radio saying. Yeah, sounds, like sounds like you're coming in over at Intercom. <laughs> I mean, it's appropriate <laughs> since I sound like an old-timey radio character. Um, so now you have, you have access to all of those, Matt, if the appropriate moment should come up. Uh, um, that's it for the hail bag. Um, if you'd like to send a hail to us, you can send it to us. Frequencies closed, sir. Now say the thing. You can send it to sdtncpod at gmail.com. Please put the title of the episode in the subject heading somewhere. You can tweet Myra at Matt Myra or Instagram him there. You can Instagram me at Andrew Secunda or at Secunda. Our Instagram, our Twitter, our TikTok, our YouTube are all at Star Trek TNC. Check them out, particularly the Instagram. We're posting new things every day. Um, trying to get caught up finally because somebody else is handling it besides myself. Uh, 816-TREK-TNC for voice hails. There you go. Let's start talking nice. about the episode. Here we go. We crossed many doors to many places. Your hails made us think of all your faces. So plug TNC in your little board node. Let's talk about this week's episode. This week's episode, apparently, guys, is Paradise, which aired the 13th of February, 1994. Ooh, almost Valentine's Day. What's happening? Well, Matt. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. You can help me figure this out. The number one song in the U.S. was Power of Love by Celine Dion. And 
while mm-hmm. I would love to think that that was a cover. I know. There's <laughs> uh, also Things Can Only Get Better by, I assume it's Dream and not Dream. <laughs> uh, alternative song, Loser by Beck, if that interests you. Whatever you want. Oh, it was a cover. Someone should get one of those AI voices to just AI Celine Dion over there. Sure. All right, Andy, what else is happening? Ace Ventura Pet Detective was the number one movie. Uh, Burst that week. Actress Haley Orantia from the Goldbergs. Um, Vince Martin Lawrence is banned from SNL for life after improvising a dirty routine. Um, Viacom acquires Star Trek rights on holder Paramount. Time Magazine cover. Are men really that bad? The cover picture is a pig. (laughs) Uh, That's it for this week in Trek. I'm in the bed. I mean, this picture says they are. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but is that proof? Uh, Elsewhere in Trek? Hey, uh, hang on. I got to take this. This is my landlord. Okay. Hold tight. Is this a is this a vamping situation? Or is this... <laughs> I can't tell if this is a vamping situation. So I'm going to vamp. And I'm going to say... Uh, I forgot uh, to mention my new podcast, which is Co-Pilots, and um, and we cover pilot episodes of television. Uh, so it's sort of in the same wheelhouse. So please all check it out. It's uh, Co-Pilots TV should be the way you find it. I know. We picked a name of a podcast with a million other Co-Pilots podcasts. So uh, my apologies. But uh, try and find it. Uh, on the Patreon, actually, there should be a public. Uh, actually, you can just go to copilotstv.com, and uh, and they'll have all the links to all the different, um, you know. This is the worst ad I've ever done, and it's for my own podcast. Um, all the links to the different podcast sources. Please, on iTunes and Spotify especially, give us five stars. It really helps out. You can write anything you want. <sighs> I don't remember what we said it's like the pilot's lounge we have some version of what we do here <laughs> so uh we did freaks and geeks as the first episode then uh, a show called puchinski which was a failed pilot that's insane it's available on youtube if you want to check it out where peter boyle uh is a cop who gets killed and then comes back as a dog and uh, so we talk about that one we're gonna have guests at some point not allowed on this podcast but we'll be able to on that one. Um, it's amazing how badly I'm doing with this vamp with an actual topic. That is having a very animated conversation with this with this landlord. I hope he's not getting kicked out because I don't know. I mean, it'd be a great sitcom if Matt and his family moved in with me, but it would be very unpleasant for all concerned. Um, I'm so distracted. Copilots, uh, by the way, has a little bit of editing. So all this stuff will be cut out. All my mistakes, all the pauses, not all of them. 
Um, what else do I have to tell you guys? Uh, what video game should I try? Is there one that's a newer one that has kind of a... It doesn't, actually, I'm not even going to put any restrictions. Anything. You guys know me. Uh, also, uh, send a... Uh, I guess they wouldn't be hails. They would just be emails. Into uh, Copilots TV. Um, I think it's at Gmail. I think we got it. Copilots TV. Uh, and let us know. You guys are the people that I trust more than anybody. You've tolerated this kind of go-nowhere rant uh, for a long time. So email in. Let me know what you would... Suggestions? Um we're we're malleable we're early on in the process uh we're still figuring it out um this is this is why i've hit a ceiling in my career in show business by the way what you're listening to i'm marginally better in a pitch but not that much better (laughs) i wonder uh he's just gonna keep uh he, he really is he's really expressing a lot I think, you know what I can tell by his face? He's in host mode right now. Like, not host on this podcast, but like TV talk show host mode. Because he's really animated and friendly and not shooting down everything his landlord is saying. And he's laughing. Look at how happy he is. He's so happy when he's pretending to be a happy person. Um, What did I eat recently? I ate this fried chicken (laughs) from Le Coop in L.A. It was fantastic. They have like chicken fingers that have the sort of cr- crisp and the and the sort of almost gristle on them. So they're like it really just just tastes like it's like just right off the bone, except the bones are removed. It was really good. What else? I really went too far on Thanksgiving. Had uh, as there was a dessert table at the end. And it was in a circle. It was a circular table. And I just kept circling the table and then adding ice cream and whipped cream on top of it. And I went, and then I went back a second time. And I think even a third time. And individual times, people would go, Jesus, like about my plate. Those were individual reactions to the singular plates. And then I did it like two, two and a half times. I didn't feel great. Uh, did anyone see Napoleon? <laughs> so I, can, I can tell you guys now. This is the worst podcast ever. This isn't the best Star Trek podcast ever. I mean, maybe not the worst, but like, gotta be bottom 10. Um, and yet I'm still angered whenever we're not mentioned in, in a rundown of Star Trek podcasts. <laughs> for I remember that we're the worst. And I think I'm mostly responsible for how bad it is. Uh, I don't think I'm entirely responsible, but I think I'm probably mm, 65% responsible for the badness of this podcast. Shrug emoji. So he, very interesting whether he listens to this. He, he, he doesn't want to edit this. He doesn't want to edit anything. That's why the show is what it is. I've had some texts coming in. Let's see if any of them are interesting. <laughs> uh, my friend Allison asked me, about doing a podcast. Um, 
and I encourage her to. Um, I think she'll do a great one, probably more successful. And she said, you know, I know a lot of I know a lot of uh, celebrities. So, and that was the thing. I said, yeah, we kind of hit a ceiling because Matt doesn't want guests. Um, Matt also believes that we've hit our ceiling of how many people are ever going to listen to this podcast and he may be right i can't i can't dispute that star trek is somewhat of a barrier to entry but uh, i also think we are a huge barrier to entry even with a guest but it would be interesting to know anyway i told her everything i could with my meager podcasting skills which i'm employing on copilots search for it on copilots tv uh i can't tell if matt is trolling me at this point (laughs) He's just on He's on his phone. <laughs> it would be a great prank if he was off the phone like a half an hour ago, I got to say. Um, so anyway, I'm obsessed with the, with the order of the podcasts, or, uh, sorry, of the pilots that we're covering, the TV pilots. Um, and there are a lot of sort of restrictions. We're looking for ones that are optimally either available or we can point people to where they could get them um, so that people can see the things that we we want to talk about. Uh, and then want to have some that is sort of trash dad TV kind of, you know, guy shows like Spartacus, which is one of our few episodes at the, at the top. And then kind of classic TV and sort of new, fresh, sexy TV like Severance and Pen15, just sort of running the gamut. And then failed or terrible ones, weird ones that sort of just died immediately especially if you got suggestions for those that you can find on the internet those would be great suggestions see now we're too long this should be cut at some point which is uh, unfortunate because uh some of this would have been useful um how does everybody handle their families let's get into that i dissociate the second i see my family they're not are really. We used to be a much more arguey family, and we're not even that arguey a family anymore. Uh, whenever I see them, I'm just immediately like, I'm very, I'm like mad in host mode. I'm fine. I engage. Took them out for several brunches, my parents, um, and and a dinner. I want to put as as an example. I said, hey, can we go to Peter Luger's? I haven't been there in a while. And my father just gave me a flat no. <laughs> Uh, because they want to go to places that are very near to them. Um, so, yeah, how does everybody else, how do they experience their their families? I'm always very impressed when people are like very, t- also suspicious when people are very tight with their families. <laughs> Is that unhealthy that I am suspicious of people who are like, oh, yeah, me and my parents have a great relationship. They're like my best friends. <laughs> like, yeah, that seems weird. <laughs> Um, what could this what could this landlord conversation be is he getting kicked out that would be a crazy news flash um, alright well now now I'm really digging the uh, the bottom of the barrel alright Andy that was <laughs> Everything a very okay? entertaining <laughs> riff you did sure sure <laughs> Is a sad, I appreciate it was a sad descent me. into madness as all of my as all of my vamping is. I appreciate you giving me the time I needed to talk to my landlord. Everybody's favorite thing to do is talk to your landlord. Yeah. Especially after, you know, there's leaks and pipes and all that. It's it's really what I like to say is, 
hey, I can't say anything because you'll either raise the rent or kick me out, and I don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> I was saying that just from the visual, it looked like you were in talk show host mode. So I was like, oh, he must I really was. Be. I was fully. Oh, my God. By the end of the conversation, they were trying to give me uh, discount closet things. Like, oh, wow. I was like, hey, you want more storage? And I'm like, oh, my God. Anyway, I'm here to talk about paradise, okay? This is an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. <laughs> we were just about there, right? Yeah. Okay. I think so, we, we finished it. We were doing Elsewhere in Trek, I think, was the next thing. Fantastic. Let's, let's, let's jingle that jangle. I'm so glad I took the call when I did, because like, I, didn't, I didn't want to call him back. I didn't want to, you know what I mean? You know I what I mean? You. No, you I get it. You, you've 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 rented things before. I'm you've been on both now. sides. You've been on. You've had both sets of pants on. Which one's your favorite? I, I renter. Being a landlord is stressful. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! They really guilt tripped me. They they were like, we were supposed to go out of the country that day, and I was like, oh my god! If they asked me to play, pay for their plane tickets, I'm jumping off a bridge. They do anyway. The but, landlords? Who would, yes. who would ask you? Oh, could you imagine? Sure. <laughs> I was like, why tell me that? You're just like this, is like ah, because like I was like, go ahead, lay the guilt on. How did this? How did this leaky pipe ruin your life? Tell me. <laughs> anyway, elsewhere. <laughs> Best Star Trek podcast. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, get Elsewhere in track. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Uh, what's happening? On Valentine's Day, TNG aired Thine Own Self, the episode where Data gives some medieval villagers radiation poisoning and then cures them. Thine Own Self also revealed that if necessary, Counselor Troy would definitely send Hollow Geordi to his hollow death. Uh, finally, according to the Akuda's chronology, around this time, a Maquis group captured a Cardassian Dreadnought missile. Maquis member Blana Torres reprogrammed the Dreadnought so it would destroy a Cardassian base, but the missile vanished after it entered the Badlands. That's kind of cool. <coughs> And then we had that episode of Voyager about it. Way it's to go weird to be this. thinking of, of Belana Torres kicking around during this time period. Because she would have been very well, young. They're all, they're all there. Yeah. Harry Kim's probably in Starfleet Academy right now. Oh, wait. Is that a... I don't, I don't want to explore it. I have questions, okay. but then I'm afraid it's going to lead to spoilers. So How would it lead to spoilers? We're I was going to ask, is that a, is that a time jump thing or is that just that was part no, of the chronology life? because okay, great. Okay. forever yeah this is why star trek was good when it was good and why it sucks now yeah it was everybody was everyone was in the same timeline right <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so if this is four years before voyager then everybody is existing four years before voyager you know what i mean great <sighs> tuvok's out there being tuvok you know it's a uh, chakotay's having a great time with the maquis yeah. Paris, he's maybe in jail or not yet. I guess probably not yet. Right? He deserved to be in jail. 
I mean, he was responsible for Wesley's uh, friend in uh, in Starfleet Academy dying. No, that's the same guy, but also <laughs> the same character, but different. Um. All right, so Paradise, here it is. This is a teleplay by Jeff King, Richard Manning, Hans Beamler. Story by Jim Trumbetter and James Crocker. That is a full five different people. Yeah. Five different people on the script. They had to make sure it was right. That went from $25,000 for one person to about three grand each. (laughs) They all went on a vacation together. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. I bet when the residual checks come, they're like, oh. Imagine if I wrote that whole thing. (laughs) You get a lot of them, though, if you're on there a long time. Sure. Now that that's out of the way, I will tell you what Memory Alpha describes this episode as. Cisco and O'Brien are trapped on a world with no advanced technology, and the human colonists living there are determined to keep it that way. Meow. Meow. And let's see here. We bring this here into sharing window time and commence our journey. Stardate 47573.1. To respond to questions about setting up colonies near the wormhole, Chief O'Brien and I have set out to survey nearby star systems. If it's an imposition. No, sir, it's fine. You're sure? I'm sure, Commander. Jake's a good fellow. I'll enjoy working with him. I don't want you to make it easy for him, Chief. He has to know what it takes to make it in Starfleet. I'll have him up to his elbows in thorium, Grace, sir. It's not going to be easy for him. You know, what's interesting is they picked this thread up in the next episode. I know that because I watched it today. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, no. Why is it muted? What happened? What did I do? <laughs> How did that work? <laughs> Best Star Trek podcast. So did I. You? Come on. No, it's true. It wasn't until I got to the Cardassian front I found out I had talents I never knew I had. At the front? It was a matter of figuring out how to get a field transport or operational in ten minutes or wind up being a Cardassian prisoner of war. Now, I didn't know a transporter from a turbo lift in those days. But somehow, in nine... I just knew they both got you different places. (laughs) (laughs) What if you really didn't know? <laughs> I had, uh, severe problems with my education. Uh, I love this color on his background. I love yeah. the backstory. It's really nice that he was like, it was just like one of those weird situations where it's like he found Hulk strength, except what he found is his O'Brien mechanical aptitude. <laughs> just from Engineering a aptitude. Should be a perfect place to set up a colony. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like someone's beaten us to it. You're reading life forms? Human life forms. I don't see anything on the books about a colony in the Aurelius system. Trying all hailing frequencies. Moving into synchronous orbit. No response. I'm picking up some kind of low... You think they're ever like, meh, let's let it be. In terms of passing the uh, the planet, not yeah. checking it out? Yeah. Certainly not what we've seen, but it would be hilarious. Oh, a colony of pre-industrial people. All right. <laughs> Note it in the log. Keep moving. Old level duonetic field down there. It may be blocking communications. Let's introduce ourselves to our neighbors. 
or not. Like, shouldn't they not even be able to beam in with that field? I guess she, I don't know, it's very complicated what this, this thing that she rigged was. So it's like, I guess they can beam in so that they can get, they can, I guess, kidnap more people, bushwhack more people. Was it far people. away? Huh? Like, does, is there a part of the planet that the field doesn't affect? Why would they have that? I'm, I'm asking. What would be the purpose? No, I'm like, how strong is this thing she built? Oh, you're saying they tire down planet? and then, yeah, I guess that's the idea. Yeah, I mean, it's it's skipped over that she's a mechanical genius. <laughs> <laughs> the woman that hates technology is a mechanical genius. <laughs> the irony, it's like the Twilight Zone episode where all the books are finally available to read, but you break your glasses. Yeah, she wanted to get rid of it. dead. Cisco to Rio Grande. She was burdened by her genius. Been there. I'd say there's no EM activity at all around here. Any idea why? Not sure. But it might have something to do with that duonetic field our sensors picked up. Well, I hope you find a few more of those talents you never knew you had, because if you don't, we're going to have a hard time getting off this... Don't move! Uh-oh. And put your hands up. Why bow and arrow? Uh, I guess they can make it manually? As opposed to what? Like a sword or something? Yeah. It's a projectile. They're used to having phasers. Turn around. Slowly. They're from Starfleet. That's right. Mind if we put our hands down? Ah. Well, the uniforms have changed. Or have I just forgotten what they look like? My name is Joseph. Vinod's the one playing with the sharp object. I'm Benjamin Sisko, and this is... We've lost all technology except quaffed hair on this planet. We were going to ask you... But we're all very friendly. <laughs> the same thing. Kind of like, like Matt talk when he's Matt. talking to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking to everyone <laughs> except his close friends and wife. <laughs> there was no record of a human colony here. Well, our group was on its way to settle on Gemulon 5 over 10 years ago when our ship This is the laziest fucking alien planet I've ever heard. Gemulon 5. <laughs> Life support problems, and we had to land here for repairs. One of those when names on the script came up with that. Nothing worked anymore. So we've, seen, we've been stuck here ever since. And I guess you are. Hey, too. I can't with that planet. I should get credit on this one. <laughs> Where would be the script be without Gemulon 5? Yeah, come on. Jeff, we're not giving you credit. Come on, Gamulin 5? <laughs> you know how long Fine. I worked on that? Fine. Two seconds. <laughs> Richard, Hans, Jim, James, Jeff's now got credit. Do <laughs> now. We have a ship in orbit. It won't take our people long to find us. Well, we'll be able to get you all out of here. Well, after ten years, this is our home. But you just said it yourself. Nothing works. <laughs> well, we still do. Uh, well, come, we'll show you. Um, uh, run ahead and tell your mother. Uh, we have guests. Come. Whoa! Look at that. <laughs> Fills the entire screen. A lot of people. 
bet at a certain point, the showrunners were just sort of like, eh, if we keep giving credits to everyone, then it's impossible for writers to do the writer thing and, and calculate, well, these, he got this many scripts and I got this many scripts. <laughs> it's impossible to... Erwan class personnel transport. Commissioned to Santa Maria. Now we just call it the cabin. Now we just call it Bone Zone One. Here to join me. <laughs> it's the only indoor as uh, area we have. Camulot Five and Bone Zone One. <laughs> All right, Jeff, we get it. <laughs> We're cutting Bone Zone One. You can't. That's how I get no, my credit. Come on. Why did we hire Pimpbot to do <laughs> to be on the staff? No, they're a short-range interstellar craft about. A quarter the size of your cabin there. Well, I was the engineer aboard the Santa Maria. You and Miles will have a lot to talk about, Joseph. I'm sure all of us have questions for our guests. Who won the soccer matches this year? <laughs> Is Golinga still playing? No, he hurt his knee four years ago. They uh, replaced it with a bio-implant, but he wasn't the same after that. Um, who was it that won last year anyway? I, I can never really flex in his sports muscles. like back home now? <laughs> oh, well, Chief, you're the married one. Well, Keiko, my wife, she's been replicating longer dresses lately. Oh, no. That means I'll have to alter everything I own. <laughs> <laughs> well, that- this is what you guys find funny? Yeah, That's I think I would that- say. I, we should beam out of here. <laughs> no, I think the, the first thing these people lost when they lost their technology was uh, their ability to tell what was funny or not. <laughs> but it's also like they're treating it like a movie fight, you know? Yeah. In a movie fight. Uh, the bad guys attack the good guy one at a time uh-huh. and in this they're each saying their funny joke <laughs> like sure. they're stepping forward saying their joke and then back it's except they're none of them are jokes <laughs> we'll do a netic field in the area before we transport it down yes the same thing appeared on our sensors when we were landing our engines failed almost the instant we hit the surface. Without a functional tricorder, it was virtually impossible to track down the source. We do know that the marshes all around us are filled with astatin deposits. That's the only explanation we have. But we've done pretty well without our tricorders, EM converters, and comlinks, haven't we? After all, I can't imagine. Yeah. Everyone is like, this is the best. Well, I mean, also this woman, like as soon as she does this cross and then mm-hmm. she, the next thing she's going to do is like, yeah, we make our own clothes and she sort of puts her hands like on the clothes on the shoulder of like this person, kind of her arm. It's like everything she does is intrusive and irritating. It's like, you really are going to follow this lady? <laughs> oh, the human body is a powerful and, tool. Yes. And superior also. Which is, of course, a great work by this is Gail Strickland, the actress. Like, really makes her. She's really irritating right off the right off the uh, out of the gate. We can plow the crops, harvest the fields, construct the walls that we need for protection against the wilderness, weave the clothes that we need to stay warm. In a way, we've rediscovered what man is capable of without technology. It hasn't been easy. We've had some bitter winters, and we've lost some dear friends. I'm responsible for their deaths. We're very proud of what we've accomplished here. You have every right to be. Are we all going to leave when the others come to rescue them? 
That's something each of us is going to have to think about, isn't it? I mean, I feel like that lady's going to be. I hate to say it again, but Michael Keaton's gung-ho to go home. Uh-huh. Oh, the, that lady who just stepped forward? Specifically. She's like into, well, what's lady fashion like right now? Oh, I got to have my dresses. She is. This seems, like, this seems like a character that would Doesn't not she, she turns stay. at the end, though, doesn't she? Doesn't everybody want to stay? Everybody wants to stay. It's so weird. It's so weird. I don't buy it. I don't buy any of it. It's how much sweeter it tastes when you do. We love technology, though, Matt. That's true, we do. We love our TVs and our... If we didn't have our technologies, we wouldn't have podcasts. That's that's true. We would have even less work than we do now. Oh, my God. (laughs) Cardassian foreign policy? That's just an excuse to get Benjamin in a game. Mitsuya cleaned him out last year. We better hail the real Grand and get them headed back this way. I've worked two lifetimes on Benjamin's poker. You just can't learn how to bluff. What's that? I know. I don't you buy that like for Benjamin. one second. Real grand. It doesn't. It does, it's it's it was surprising, uh, and it it does seem. I guess it's sort of like well, maybe if it's for money, then he can't do it because he definitely seems like someone. And I feel like we've already seen him do great brinkmanship with people. Maybe he's... that's just how he fucks with Dax. <laughs> just he constantly fails at poker. Yeah. It doesn't matter because nobody has money. I I love the detail that that Dax is fantastic at it though. That's a great, that's a great little character detail. Not responding to our hails. Commander, uh, come in, Chief. I was just reading one of the books our host has written. Alexis is quite a prolific author. Yeah, a bunch of these were left in my room too. Warning sign I number two. To look this lady leaves her book in all the rooms. What's she write about? She seems to have something to say. Gideon's Bible, baby. Gross. See, um, just about everything. Yeah? Economic analysis, political commentaries, literary critiques. She says she spent her life examining the human condition. What's her prognosis? Not very good. She says we have become fat and lazy and dull. My wife told me something along those lines just last week. Huh. Wow. <laughs> Guys, give O'Brien and Keiko a break. <laughs> they really don't believe in their marriage. So or they rude. do believe in their marriage. And they feel the same way as they hail her at the top of the podcast, that it's just sort of like, that's what a good marriage looks like. The common conceit that the human species has evolved over the last several centuries is ludicrous. Cisco's sitting in that way on the bed. The cost of our own core identities. Man has lost touch with his true power. Sounds like it took a crash landing for her to find her paradise. <laughs> he doesn't know how right he is. It's it's really true. So much so that she planned it. This reminds me of insurrection. Star Trek Insurrection, mm-hmm. the film, yes. where they go down to the in the Baku are uh, people who have can fix data, but also live like this. Okay, they like reject technology. Have you found anything in this ship that can help us restore contact with the runabout? There's nothing to find. 
Waveguides, conduits, baffle plates, you name it, it's gone. Conduits is wrong, <laughs> right? That's not how the Irish say it, he's just saying it wrong. Well, since uh, none of it worked, to us it was merely useless junk taking up space. Elixis felt its presence was a constant reminder of who you used to be. Well, we all had to abandon our dependence upon technology. Removing every trace of it, well, that made the transition easier. As an engineer, you must have had some problems with that. <sighs> well, I was the last convert. <laughs> but as time passed, I realized Elixis was right. She was helping us discover a new philosophy of life together. Because we needed one to survive. And I'll tell you, every one of us is better for it. We are more committed to each other. We are truly a part of each other's lives. We've renewed a sense of community that man left behind centuries ago. Joseph, Meg's fever's getting worse. Except for the people constantly dying. Yeah, but that's the... What do you do? Uh, shit happens, right? What did he say conduits? Is that how you say it in Ireland? Conduits? He said conduits. And say okay. conduits. Okay. I mean, let him say whatever he wants. It's Chief O'Brien. I mean, and maybe he's, as you're suggesting, he's been saying it right and we're all saying it wrong. Possibly. He is Chief O'Brien. I'm sure it does. But if we'd had that attitude for the last 10 years, we wouldn't have been doing what was necessary to survive here to find the plants, herbs, molds that cure disease. We've conquered 17 illnesses with the most powerful resource man has. An interesting plants and stuff. <laughs> you know, it's the most powerful thing all humans have. The most powerful thing, hammocks. Markings NCC seven two four five two. That's our ship, all right. Traveling at warp two through sector four zero one. At warp, with no one on board. Command wants to know if we can send someone to investigate. Signal them affirmative. Is Bashir even in this episode? I already. I don't think so. Whoa, week off. What's her? What's her plan with the? Th- oh, she just fucked up. She wanted the runabout to end up in their sun, right? Just explode. Yes, they missed. But she missed. <laughs> just, that's kind of dumb that she has all this other ability. Yeah. It's we'll also see. like, is the suggestion like if it hadn't been for that mess up, then they never would have found them? I think so. <laughs> it's terrifying. Here we go. Good. Easy now. Careful. So now, this is yes. speaking of someone who's never been thrown in isolation. What do you been that bad after a day? It's maybe there's an air situation in there too, but even if you haven't drink drank water after a day, I'd probably be like convulsing and I'd be like close the close the door please. <laughs> Can I just get another hour? <laughs> be fine. Get him into the hey, Can you? I look great. You, Do you see my abs? Can you play like uh, a a bunch of uh, kind of chill episodes of Next Generation in here? Just so I fall asleep. (laughs) Thanks. Put an uh, an engine room hum somewhere. Looks like he's got a back scratcher in his hand there. 
This was a back scratcher. But when we landed here, we realized we didn't need to scratch backs. We had to scratch the land. All right. All right, here, here Stephen. Do you chew these? They will help you regain your strength. What did he do to deserve this? He stole a candle. One candle? How long was he in there? Since yesterday. That hellbox? Is this part of your philosophy of life? It's just too? a box. You're a Starfleet commander. I'm sure you've had to discipline members of your crew. Discipline is one thing. Torture is another. The first thing this community accepted was the need to establish rules of conduct. All of us, including Stephen, approved this form of punishment. Is ne uh, we never explicitly said stealing candles was against the rules. It was implied. Uh, it's in my appendixes. And it's in my appendices. <laughs> to maintain law and order in our community. All right, I forgot that she sends her in. All right. To fucking turn into Bone Zone 1 here. Is Just there like you predicted. You need? No. I don't think so. The lack of doors really drives me crazy, too. I'm sorry. Elixis doesn't believe in doors. <laughs> we all take ridiculous. it for granted now. You'll get used to it. Well, what if you're shitting in the woods or something? <laughs> or like in the bathroom? No doors? Hopefully, I won't be here long enough to get used what to it. What if you're telling secrets? You don't like it here, do you? <laughs> what what if you're gossiping about someone? <laughs> I can surely hear you if this door is not there. Oh, wait a minute. Where do you, where do you shit talk? <laughs> She's told us to be patient with you. Has she? Your muscles must be sore from all the work today. This is an oil extract from the Zupta tree. It's wonderfully soothing. Thanks. I'll try some. Would you like me to massage you with it? I don't think so. <laughs> Thanks anyway. Great read. It'll make you feel uh, a lot better. No thanks. Here, let me show you. I wonder how Did Kirk would have handled this. Here? What's up? I wonder how Kirk would have handled she send this. Send you here to make love to me. Oh, once, once, he sh once she says yes. Yeah, he would have slapped her. They kiss and the music would swell and we. He would. He, the next day. I think he just. Yeah, he would have. He would have gone. He would have gone for it, and then he would have realized, you know, a little later, like, wait a minute, <laughs> she just sent you in here. And then he would have made a stand. Ben, come in. I was just writing about you and Miles in my journal. I understand you're quite a chef. That's the first core behavior I've seen from you since you arrived. Core behavior. Does that chapter come before or after sexual procurement? I assume you're talking it's about... It's the oldest profession, <laughs> Yes. I think you're contemptible. Interesting. Contemptible. Try and see it through our eyes. Just for a moment, Ben. Cassandra came to me. She was worried... She sensed that you weren't happy. She was right about that. She was concerned that all you see here is work and hardship, and she wanted you to share in our joy as well. 
So you sent her to me to win my devotion to your cause. I suggested she might make it easier for you to become a member of our community. We like door open sex. <laughs> Books of yours aren't on pads. We're all allowed to come in and watch when we want. I used to print them myself. I'm not surprised. And Vinod tells me that you never ate replicated food before you came here. I'm not sure I see the connection. It's just that you never had much use for technology, did you? It's interesting how you happen to crash on a planet that fit your philosophy of life so well. I agree. In fact, I've started writing a book about our experiences. I've been wondering if in the ancient religions of man there aren't some new truths to be found, something to explain how sometimes fate delivers us exactly where we need to be. Perhaps one day, you'll even feel the hand of God on your shoulder. You won't give a millimeter, will you? Look at you, still in your uniform, wanting so badly to get back to your station with its artifacts. It's been three days, lady. Yeah. <laughs> what would be funny yeah, is if... <laughs> ten, day, ten years. It would be funny if she was, she was doing all this just so she could get back to civilization and have a bunch of great books. <laughs> about this experience. <laughs> I'm going to be the next great author. Look out, Tolkien. <laughs> Are you all right, Commander? I'm a little tired, but I'll be fine. Any luck on your end? This dunetic field is still a mystery, sir. I can't believe it's being generated by the astronaut deposits in the stream bed. Good morning, Ben. Ready for some breakfast? We have some lovely fruit. Try this. We found it growing along the riverbank a few years ago. Some kind of native pear. It only killed oh, four ben, of us. You'd be able to work your regular Five if you count Jesse, but we don't count Jesse. <laughs> he stole a candle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they always steal candles. <laughs> Close. Oh, by the way, you'll be pleased to know Meg seems better this morning. Joseph is very optimistic about a new combination of herbs he's trying. Really? Tee that up to have have all folk science be uh, medical science be shit on in this episode. <laughs> and they found some new herbs for her. She's dead! <laughs> uh, Meg died. <laughs> Meg has died. <laughs> Meg has died. Oh. Suddenly, quietly. No one was prouder of what we've accomplished here than Meg was. It's a perfect Her gross thing to say. Her dedication to this community and to us was an inspiration. Which is why I find myself so troubled today by an act that by its very nature defiles her memory. What? Vinod? That's not my name. All of us have welcomed our new arrivals with open arms, but they continue to reject us. Despite their agreement to respect our fundamental way of life, this man has committed the worst offense that can be committed against this community. He built a door. He <laughs> wasted precious time that could have been put to productive use. Miles was discovered trying to activate his 
technological devices so he could return to his ship. Well, Alexis, I I'm sure he only wanted to get to the medical equipment which might have saved Meg's life. Thank you, Joseph. I knew you would feel that way, and I'm glad you said it, so that all of us could see the true danger these two represent. Our very own Joseph defending what he knows is wrong. He knows that if we had spent our energy all these years trying to escape, we'd all be dead today. This is good. She's a good crazy. She's a good crazy. It's, she is a good crazy, and it's it's really... Um, DS9 may have amongst the best villains, definitely in Trek, and maybe not all of Trek, but just like... Can't, can't be con. Can't be. Well, I think people, more like, often than. Oh, you know what it is? Religious fanatic type people that are like kind of cult leadery people. Mm-hmm. It's just like this. Shit, they do it so well on this show. They're DS9 so loathsome. Also, more often than not, DS9 does a villain. Oh, interesting. Whereas, yes. Whereas the other shows don't. Right. Right. Like TNG, it's usually a science problem they got to solve. They're also powerful villains that have people listening to them. And are charismatic, and like even this this scene, she's. It's like when she does the turn of like Joseph saying the saying his. Well, I think he was just trying to help her. I'm glad you said that, Joseph, because now we can address it directly. And she doesn't really come up with an argument that's counter to that. She just makes herself the authority that is disagreeing with him to kind of position herself for everybody to go. Well, she addressed it. It's like she didn't address it. Right. Um, Pest of our- it's really, God, it's so, she's so loathsome. <laughs> and it's so like, even turning the death of this, this woman and then using it for your own, for your own propagandistic purposes. Right. So gross. Our convictions and we will survive. You're not going to put him in there. No, Ben, I'm not. You are his commanding officer. I hold you responsible for his actions. I'm putting you in there. Well, you got it. <laughs> the guy was holding O'Brien, by the way. If you watch him through the whole episode, that's some class A specific extra acting. <laughs> so he's sort of interested or intense, but not too much. He gives her the back scratcher. I'm like... This is, she's got to know it's not going to work. You can't put Benjamin Sisko in a box. Nobody puts Benjamin Sisko in a box. That's right. The warp. Why wouldn't they just keep it or destroy it? I think they were trying to destroy it. How can you tell? The hole's been exposed to high temperatures and intense gamma radiation. We retraced the Rio Grande's course. It takes us right back to an F-type star. Aurelius Minor. There's only one way the ship could be coming straight from Aurelius Minor, and that's if someone tried to destroy the ship by flying it into the star. And missed. The trajectory was slightly off. The star's gravity flux would have deflected it in a new direction. Computer, send a tractor beam to the Orinoco. Prepare for a warp tow. With a little luck, we'll be able to find the warp signature the engines left when they were fired up. Tractor beam in place. Course laid in for the Aurelius system. Engaging warp engines. There is one thing uh, that we, we skipped over, which is when they're uh, when they're trying to get the other runabout in the first place. Dex says uh, she's talking about lassoing it. I think 
uh, some uh-huh. kind of rope thing. And she says, it's an Old West American art form. <laughs> old West, she says. Not ancient yeah, not West. not ancient West. That's right. They got my letters. I don't know how Kira even knew what she was talking about. <laughs> It's been a more recent West you're just talking about. Please. It's really hot in there. <laughs> this is painful for me, too. I want so much to give you water, to let you lie down. So awful. Sleep. But I can't. Not without your help. I know it's too difficult to speak right now. Just rest. Change doesn't come easy to you, Ben. I realize it. Believe me, I'm not expecting some sudden miraculous conversion. Change will come by itself if you're open to it. But you do have to show us that you're open to it. A good start would be to get rid of the uniform. I'll leave you these clothes. They're my design. Once you've changed, <laughs> you can have this water. One of them has a sash. I can't move. How am I supposed to change? <laughs> Seriously? This is a fucking jumpsuit. You know how hard it is to get out of if you can't move? Also, everybody's sweating, and those look like like, yeah, like, be, like be full body length sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Kind of like the Cooler King and uh, Great Escape, yeah. Steve McQueen. Should have given him his baseball. going in there. I wonder if he stole a candle. Must have been a big candle. Second day <laughs> in a row. <laughs> Good score. It's almost like a 60s dramatic score in a movie. Like a socio-political movie. That's a cool shot. Yeah, yeah. It's a well-shot episode. There's also the, the the shot when he's kind of making his way through the crowd and they're tracking backward, following him. With what? There was nothing. I can do, so please don't ask me. I've got to try to track down where that duonetic field is coming from. We told you there are astatin deposits. That's not what's causing it. If it were, I'd have that transmitter running and we'd all be out of here already. It's got to be something else. And I think I figured a way to get me to the source of it. And you want me to look the other way while you leave? She'd put you in the box, wouldn't she? Then do me a favor. Look down at that hematite deposit I just discovered. Miles. I can do it so it won't hurt at all. 
I really like this. I think he talks straight to him and he basically is saying, let me knock you out. It's very soldier miles kind of. One of those Kirk instant knockout karate chaps. I owe you one, my friend. This is the lightest tap on the back of the head ever. Well, I mean, there's the Vulcan neck pinch and there's the O'Brien head chop. (laughs) I love it. He makes a little compass, finds that thingy. He's fucking Rambo, this guy. This episode and last episode, he's like the most dangerous crew member on DS9. O'Brien or the guy with the bow and arrow? Got a bow and arrow. This Alexis' child. It looks like she, he's like the murderer who tried years. to just kill O'Brien. Yeah. Nice try, bitch. <laughs> you just got O'Brien. Finally got one of us out of a uniform. Come on, move it. Never get to see that uh, that. Where's Alexis? Those un- that undershirt that so he's peeking out of his uh, his short sleeves. <laughs> I love it. I love that he's like, I'm gonna put my uniform back on. <laughs> yeah. I know that Cisco's dying, but uh, I don't want to walk in without my uniform just to stick it in Alexis's face. Candle guy's the first guy to go get him water. Sure, he knows how bad it is in there. Do you know why this phaser is working now? Because I shut down the duonetic field that was stopping it from working. An artificially created duonetic field. Cisco to Rio Grande. Computer, respond. Your ship is no longer in orbit, Ben. Ship I destroyed no it. I assume that means you control the duonetic field. I helped invent it. You'd be surprised how many scientists are sympathetic to my philosophies. Then it was no accident we developed life support problems near this planet. No, we were always on our way here, Joseph. I chose it months in advance. It was far away from any trade route, completely isolated. It was perfect for our ideal community. I hoped when we landed, we would never leave here. You lied to us. You've been lying to us for 10 years. Yes. Think of all the fashion I've missed. can lead to a more important truth. You want to take that again? It was a pretty bad read. No, okay. <laughs> Would any of no, you I think I nailed it. Who you really are at the core. There you go. Look at this, the guy with the hoe. Yeah. Joseph, you would have been a repairman all of your life. I mean, I think Cassandra, I would have been a chief engineer. Been a technical clerk in some closed in room. Could have been a head of security. Could have had windows. Stephen, you don't know that. <laughs> my friend, you probably would have been in prison by now. Are they that hard on candle stealers out in the world? Rude. Very rude. (laughs) It is true. Other people just had menial jobs. (laughs) That guy's life would have fallen apart. What you've achieved here has redefined your potential. The potential. Farmers with brown vests. (laughs) 
just as I knew it would. You are the living proof. Doors are unnecessary. <laughs> what of Meg and the others? Only my son knows how I have suffered as I watched each of them die. You were willing to let them die for your theories. You're going to have to answer for what you've done. I'm prepared to go with you. Casualties were inevitable. I had to accept that from the start. What if it were your son who had been sick? Would you let him die too? Yes. Hey. Ma. You said you wouldn't. Remember? Ma, I'm your son. Look at how cut I am. Can't believe no one wants to go. You know, I would have liked his better ending is if she finished her little speech. And then... Uh, and then Joseph they were so Basil. mad they just ripped her limp from limb. <laughs> Everything. We all died. You killed a bunch of us. Nature. Stand by to begin multiple transports. Acknowledged. We have room for all of you on the runabout. Especially the if you have anything you want to bring with crazy. you, you ought to get it now. Miles. This is our home. Whatever Alexis may be guilty of. Like murder? She did give us our community. I, I, I'm not sure if we'll leave the device on or off now that we know it's there. And we'll have to decide if we want to establish contact with the outside world. But Alexis is right. We... I never would have been anything except a repairman. That none of us is willing to give up. Speaking for everybody. Just weirdos. Uh, also, the last shot. I love it. The last shot of the kids are like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> that's what that is, right? I kind of yeah. like that. That it's just like them looking at the box, like that's where we're gonna freaking end up. This is the worst. Gonna live in a place with no freaking doors. I could have gone to space. This is where I am now. <laughs> bullshit. All right. Can't, can't shit talk anybody on this planet. <clears throat> Okie dokie. Let's do this here. We'll do the, the, the thing of a jiggy where we do the thing, and then the thing, everything, everything's going to be good. And then all the things are good, and we're the best Star Trek podcast. Of all <laughs> Thank you. That many who's the MVC. Well, it's the MVC. Will it be Cisco, Dax, or Kira Reese? It can't be Worf until season four, but there's a Brian, Bashir, and even Quark. And don't forget about Odo oh, no. and Borg. What is not MVC? Give me I mean, it's not not even a contest. O'Brien is like a, a superhero in this. He finds the thing. He kicks ass. He like knocks out that guy. With his, with he's really clever. He totally rambo's him, and then he gives the speech that uh, I mean, it doesn't turn all these idiots around. But, but they'd be stuck there without Dax. That's true, but I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. 
Well, if uh, let's see, if O'Brien hadn't come and then Dax found it, no, they no, it wouldn't matter because O'Brien was the one that knocked down the field. So even if Dax had gotten there, then so I can still give it to O'Brien. Great, me too. Um, now we're gonna give it some numbers. I should Matt, do this, by the way. You have them watch this episode. I think I was doing it for the wrong episode. Yeah. <laughs> and now, how many Andy's does this episode get? It's a little hard. It's one of these things where it's like they effectively drew a villain that I hated so much that it was almost unpleasant to watch. Like the injustice and seeing people follow this this fucking megalomaniac's like wishes. Like even if her her points had some validity, like she goes about it in such a vain, self serving way. Like, and also all of her rhetoric is like she even says a thing like, "Yes, but perhaps a lie can lead to a more important truth." It's like, it's like. Fucking newspeak or double was it double speak? What did they say in 1984? Um, it's just uh, it's just the worst, and so it's hard to like. But I guess it's effective. Uh, they're so good at these kind of like false idols using rhetoric to like just get what they want just with the it's just their own vanity. Um, I give it a six and a half. I'm going to give it a six. Yeah. It you would know, have gotten I, a I seven a if there was more of a comeuppance. I'm matching you. I'm giving you a six. But the come yeah. up, the lack of comeuppance, I think, is sort of to indicate the danger of a people like that, that she completely yeah, brainwashed sure. them. But Although, I want more of a comeuppance. Do you feel like the episode is saying these people have been brainwashed and that's how far it's gone? Or do you feel it's like, well, she had a valid perspective? No, I think it's the former. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, there you go. Is no bueno. I'm Any giving it a six, too. I'm going back. Everybody, he lost half a point because of me. Thanks. Drag me down to his level. Disengage. <laughs>